Welcome to another episode of the Mediaverse Podcast. My name is Mohammed Chaudhry, and this is my co-anchor, Marcus Panem. And today we're going to be talking about the best show on Amazon Prime, The Boys. Now, Marcus, you're the one who actually put me on this show at first, but I want to hear your thoughts when you first saw it. So let me talk to you about it first. Hey, shout out Josh, my buddy Josh, for putting me on this sh- on this show because mm-hmm. like he's the one that convinced me to watch it. But the the thing I liked about The Boys was it's kind of exploring that whole idea of um you know superhero fatigue i feel like the way the film industry and tv industry in general is like set up set up right now like especially since the mcu first blew up it's always been like super superhero centric and what i really liked about the boys was like it kind of uh shot down that whole i guess trope and they just made it more interesting you know like they actually adapted superheroes and they they've said what if superheroes were were real and like i mean i know zack snyder does like very similar concept but it's done differently on the boys and i think that that's what really pulled me into the show just like seeing how they were like traded off like pro athletes almost like how um how that one guy was being sold to oh, i forgot what city it was was it detroit i think it was yeah detroit black north to detroit no no i think was it baltimore or detroit i can't remember oh either. i think it was baltimore actually yeah, I don't know, but he was being sold there. They were like negotiating prices, and I thought that that was really funny. But that's exactly how it would work, like, because we live in a very commercialized world, and I just thought that was really interesting how they handled it. Now I'm gonna go ahead and offer my input on this. To be honest, the show, like at the beginning, I was kind of like, this better be like Stranger Things where it picks up, because the first episode was kind of like, eh, like it was good, but like I was like, I need to like get more to be captivated. Mm-hmm. I think the scene where what's it called um translucent first gets like fucked up in what's it called that computer store by carl Carl (laughs) urban is carl urban is so good holy crap i hate butcher at times but i also love him as a character he's a we'll get later into that but um, yeah this might be up there with stranger things it might be past stranger things at this point oh my god you think so dude it is that good i don't don't know about that this show no 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 I don't know why, but for some reason, it's just <laughs> Stranger Things is more in like it's into like the fantasy world. It's something where you're like, you know, like this will never happen. Mm-hmm. The boys genetically, like what's it called, like change humans and all that kind of stuff, being used as like military weapons. That is something that could potentially actually happen. It's like honestly, it really reminds me of like Suicide Squad, but instead of like if the Suicide Squad was just normal people rather than actual superheroes, you know? Well, not superheroes, but like super villains. Like, they're the team designed to take down the good guys. The boys, like, uh, Huey and all them? Do you think they're like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like Huey and what's it called? Butcher, Mother's Milk. Also, Mother's Milk is the weirdest name. <laughs> Dude, oh, there's there's but, um, a reason for that from the comics. It's really freaking gross, but I'm not going to get into that. Can you tell me about it? Okay, so basically, um, his name is Mother's Milk because... In the boys comic they actually are soups in the comic like they all have powers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh mother's milk the way his the way his powers work is he has super strength but he needs to drink his uh his mother's breast milk <laughs> to get the powers or he oh dies <laughs> so he, he, it's gross yeah, one thing- get into the details, but like, that, that's pretty much why it's called mother's milk i don't know why they didn't do it in the show probably because it's freaking weird but they kept the name for some reason <laughs> one thing what's it called um i've like read about is that the comics are a lot edgier than the show and the show already gets really really edgy at times okay the, the comics i'll be honest I've, i haven't read them personally but i've seen summaries of them online and they suck 
I'm not even gonna get into it. They they just suck. They suck. And the show is shot like, down. They're they're so bad. Like they're trying so hard. Cause like to be edge Yeah, the way they do it is like there's a difference between you know being mature and just being raunchy for the sake of trying to draw in like prepubescent teens, bruh. Like there's a difference. And the way the boys comic is, I just feel like it's so gross and how they and how they handle it. There's a lot of inappropriate content compared to the show. It just doesn't seem unnecessary. It just seems so unnecessary. I think the show handled it with, like with better tact, but like the comics are just so they're so over the top. It's so unnecessary, honestly. I'm not gonna get into it, but like it's 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 gross. Yeah, nah. From what I've seen of like the summaries online from the comics, there are a lot of scenes that they have to take out pretty much for the show to make it like watchable at times. Cause I'm just, um, have you heard of the whole? I think there's a 9/11 scene in there at one point. Mm-hmm. The, um, yeah, yeah, the Homelander, the Homelander plane scene in the show is actually like it was nine. It was a better. It was. A, I think it was a better version of that, honestly. Yeah, definitely. Um, but anyway, back to the show. Just my input. I don't really know what there is about it that makes it so good to me, but it just makes me want more. I think it's just the characters, the portrayal. It's also realistic, and all the scenes that are like cheesy and all that—they're not cheesy in a bad way. They're cheesy in a way where like you appreciate the characters and they actually fit the characters. Like, oh my god, I love the absolute shitting on corporatism in this <laughs> show. It is so funny, dude. Just. <laughs> okay, you know what I you know what I thought about Homelander right away, and I'm, this is just me being political, I guess. He reminds me mm-hmm. of like if Trump was a freaking superhero. That's what that reminds me of. I don't know why, but that's the connection I make every time I see Homelander. Now, it's just that's he's that product of American political culture, just the way he acts, and like you know the way Vought in general is structured. It, it just reminds me of like how everything is basically perceived through the eyes of money, and I, I think that is a good. Uh, point that you bring up that corporate corporate America is like really criticizing this show and I think it, it's handled really well in a way that doesn't seem to be bashing over the head it's just funny <laughs> how they handle it it's very it's very ironic that probably the biggest corporation in America <laughs> Amazon is the one that's making this show completely yeah. crapping on corporate because you know all, like Amazon would be the first one to have the superheroes too they would they are essentially what Vought is in the show but um that's what like the whole um the whole story arc with um, Starlight, that's amazing. The scene of the kid making it from racks to riches only to find out that what she wanted is not what, like, just, it's it's like everything is not how it seems. And then mm-hmm. she gets that first, um, she gets like that first taste of harass. It's, I thought it was kind of like, it was painting an image on how Hollywood is for young actresses. They like yeah, get their exactly. dreams and all that kind of uh-huh. stuff. They meet those guys and then they're pretty much coerced into committing sexual actions for the sake of their careers. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, that's obviously not something we know about because we're not famous or anything. Mm-hmm. Unless y'all want to make for a yourself. <laughs> blow, okay, okay. Blow, blow up our podcast, please. But no, like, <laughs> um, in terms of like being popular, we don't know, or being famous, we don't know anything about that kind of life. But I imagine that's how it is. I feel like things that up up top in the upper class and all that, it's a lot, it's a lot more complicated than people think. It's not what you take at face value. And I did appreciate them exploring that. I'm not sure how accurate it is, though. I feel like it is very accurate from what we've heard about, you know, with situations with Harvey Weinstein and all those sexual predators in Hollywood that are out there right now. I think that that was especially relevant how they handled it. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to bring, um, one thing I wanted to bring up was the fact that, like, I thought the humor was going to be a lot more in your face for some of the scenes, but it's not really like 
it's not really centered around humor. I thought that that was the show was like about at first. I thought it was mainly going to be like a humor show, you know, like a comedy show. Mm-hmm. But it's really not. It has elements of comedy, but when she gets serious, like it gets genuinely serious. It's not oh, one of those yeah. shows where it's like all campy, you know? No, yeah, this reminds me of something that um, I heard about The Office. They said the humor doesn't come from like the characters telling jokes or being hilarious. It's just situational humor. Like I think that's mm-hmm. exactly what's going on here. Um, it's just the circumstances are funny, like, uh, and just the the characters in general. They're not trying to be funny. It's just how their situations react. Like, um, Homelander with the freaking uh, <laughs> the the mommy fetish, pretty much. Oh that, my that god, <laughs> so weird, dude! But like, it's real. To, it's serious to him. That's what makes it funny. Like, you, he's obviously mm-hmm. not joking about it. <laughs> That's what makes it it's so just, entertaining. Oh, my God. That's... It's so, like... <laughs> it's so gross. So, oh! <laughs> I just... I was, like, physically cringing at every scene that he had with, um... Crap. Stillwell. Stillwell? Every scene that he had... Also, Stillwell the, was like, a bitch, the, bro. I... The I, fact... Oh, my no, God. No, 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 no. No, as bad as Stillwell was, the person I hated the most in this show was that goddamn fucking red-headed assistant. I oh, hated her. Geez, oh I hated God. her so much. No, no. Know when why. Starlight, when Starlight beat up those um, guys, are about to rape that that girl, mm-hmm. and then she's like, she's like, "Great, you made a fucking mess." And I'm like, "Bitch, please." She just freaking helped this chick out, and you're just like going off on her, and she's so fake, bro. Because like, remember in that the first the the episode where she was fi- fighting with Starlight, she was super pissed. And then all of a sudden she makes mm-hmm. a 180 when it turns out that it ended up being good for her PR image. If it makes a profit, she's happy. If it doesn't, mm-hmm. then she'll be pissed off. I mean, exactly. And it, just, and it goes back to that whole money is everything concept. Yeah. We, we it is pretty, she was pretty much, a, she's the image of a bootlicker pretty much. Like someone who will kiss ass no matter what, as long as it gets her, what's it called, you know, like a head, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just... I hated her character, and she played it perfectly. Because you're designed. She played it perfectly. Yeah, yeah. If you hate yeah, a character, if you hate a character, it means the actor did a good job. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you a question, actually. What's up? Do you think it would be ethical to have the superheroes in the military? Hmm. See, here's the thing. I don't. I think it should be like a United Nations type of deal. I don't think mm-hmm. Vought was handling it properly by limiting it to the U.S. Because yeah, it's really stupid that the U.S. I mean, look at how much we spend on weapons, dude. We spend three times mm-hmm. as much as the second biggest military in the world. It, it might have been more, something like that. But we spend an exponential amount of money spend, compared to the second we spend, biggest. We spend, yeah. we spend more than like the next five top spenders combined. Combined, I yeah, I feel exactly. like I read that somewhere. Mm-hmm. Exactly. See, we're so obsessed with being militarily advanced. I mean, I don't think it's ethically correct, but it's what I see America doing if that was ever a thing. But I think mm-hmm. if there were to be superheroes, they should be, you know, mandated by, like, an international agency. But I don't, I don't know. But like, I do see it. I do see it happening because, like, you know, even stuff with like fucking um, what was it called? The the project they did MK Ultra. It reminds me of that MK Ultra. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I could see it happening dumb. eventually. Mm-hmm. Just thinking about like superheroes in the military, I'm just gonna go back to one of the main characters. I think like we should start getting into what's called like, favorite characters, and I'm gonna say that by far my favorite character in this whole show is homelander <laughs> holy crap i love <laughs> I, I do love anthony homelander. star he is easily as good as what's it called carl urban is as butcher 
He mm-hmm. plays Homelander to perfection. His facial features, everything. <laughs> Homelander terrifies me. We're not going to get into season two right now. I'm not going to get into anything specific. But every single scene he has in the first and second season just terrifies me. Oh my Even God, when no. they're talking about him. Yeah, no. Okay, the one of the greatest moments of that first season, the the moment that hooked me in, and I think it hooked in everyone, and they knew the end, the first episode on this scene, was when he destroyed the plane, and they're playing that music in the background, and then you think, oh shit, um, Stillwell's telling him to do that. But then he turns the camera, and he's like, you can see his like lip turning up, like he's smiling, like he actually enjoys mm-hmm. this kind of shit. So like that's what I thought was really cool about the thing that kind of has led him about him. And like I do agree, every mm-hmm. single moment he was on screen, it was intimidating. Like I remember. He was talking to Deep because Deep reported to Stillwell that they found the um. Oh What they find? God. They found something. They found something. I forgot um, what find, it was. They found like the black box, I think, or something like that. They found they found the body. I don't know. Yeah, he found the the black box for the plane. And I remember it was I was so freaking nervous for this dude because Homelander just put his hand on his shoulder the whole time he was talking to him. I was like, oh crap, he's about to beat the shit out of this dude. Like, I was so freaking as, um, scared for him. As much as a dick he was, as, like it still scared the shit out of me. <laughs> As um as intense of a scene that one was, I think by far, um it's not gonna be the most intense because that one's gonna be what's called at the end of the show. But the second most intense scene is the one where like you're filled with complete dread. Is the one where Homelander finds out that Huey was the one, what's called who was with um the boys, and then like he calls in Starlight, A Train, everyone, and then he goes like we have a traitor at our hand, like in our vicinity. And Starlight's just like, what the fuck is going on? You know, because she doesn't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then you just yeah, see Homelander <laughs> go crazy. That's the first time I feel like we see Homelander like really go unhinged. Yeah, he gets and more then, unhinged in season two, yeah. but season one, I feel like he's holding back. Oh, Homelander in season two is the most terrifying TV character I've ever seen. That dude, <laughs> that's like basically that. That's literally what if you had pissed off Superman flying around while people were talking shit about him. Like, that is the most terrifying combo you can have. An unhinged Superman. And Homelander is that. Mm-hmm. And, like... Okay, we're getting in spoiler territory here. I mean, we, we've been talking spoilers this whole time, so I'm assuming everyone has seen the show who's listening to us. Mm-hmm. But, like, mm-hmm. that ending scene when he just killed Stillwell, I was like, oh, shit. He has no one holding him back now. She was his weakness the whole season. Mm-hmm. That's why he was holding back, I feel like. It was just that... Just because she was keeping him in check. But I feel like that's the moment he like totally went unhinged was when he killed her at the end of the season. I thought I really, that time that was like really brutal. I really like what's it called like the comparison between Homelander and Butcher because I feel like they are both very similar characters. It's just the fact that Butcher doesn't have all like the you know <laughs> the superpowers. <laughs> yeah. They're both extremely unhinged. They'll do whatever it takes to get what they want. And essentially, they're kind of both fucking monsters at some points in the show. The part where Butcher just shoots Starlight out of nowhere is like, what the fuck? Also, another scene that filled me with dread is when after, what's it called? Um, After Butcher tells Huey not to hang out with Starlight, and he does it anyway. And Butcher finds him with Starlight. That's oh, when you go like, ah, oh, shit, again. The thing I like about this show is that there's always something at the end to keep you hooked, to make you want to yeah, watch Yeah, it's structured episode. like that. They, they did a really good job with how they cut the episodes because every single mm-hmm. episode was just freaking intense the way it ended. Oh, um, Someone else... Someone else who, uh, he doesn't have any lines at all, but he's still one of my favorite characters. Black Noir. <laughs> Black Noir. He's just hilarious. He's, I think there's that, there's that one, um, there's that one scene in the last episode where it's like that guy, he's sitting at the piano and he's playing, and then Black Noir just sits next to him and stares <laughs> at him until he screws off. He's amazing. Uh, yeah. 
I think uh, I think my favorite character this season. I don't know. Um, I think it might be Starlight, honestly. Just that whole we already talked about it, but like the whole way she's kind of like brought into this world and like she kind of realizes the um the lies she's being fed. I really like that, mm-hmm. and I also like that they took that risk exploring you know the whole religious aspect of the um of how religion intersects with like the uh, with the like superpowers. A, yeah, I don't really know how to. Describe, I, I wouldn't know. How Basically, to the that, fact like, that um the superheroes believe that God gave them their powers when in mm-hmm. reality it was yeah. all BS and it was what they call Vought giving them compound V. Uh huh. Yeah, and I just like that whole uh, debate uh, with the the whole religion religious aspect, just because I feel like a lot of people are uh, blind followers to religion, and I like that they took that risk. Um, mm-hmm. in terms of that story, and just in general, I just really liked how she portrayed the character because I did feel like really bad for her throughout, like that whole scene where Homelander was pretty much accusing her of being a traitor. That whole scene was really good. yeah. Because it's like. Huey is like the first person she can actually trust in this whole world mm-hmm. where it's all completely screwed up and even he's affiliated with this stuff mm-hmm. and pretty much one thing I didn't understand though is when Starlight asked Huey if he was using her he doesn't say anything but he wasn't really using Starlight necessarily because okay say. here's but the here's the thing I don't think he necessarily thought he was using her but he was mm-hmm. like shit is, is anything that I'm gonna say gonna even change your mind you know like I feel like mm-hmm. the way he w- the way he was in that situation, he felt like he already implicated himself as a bad person, so he didn't want to like make it worse. But he also didn't mm-hmm. want to he didn't want to admit or deny because he felt like he did like use her even like unintentionally because he he did kind of use her to get over Robin, which I do I still think is kind of weird. I liked Huey too as a character. I like both of them in in that they're like both being awakened, like they're losing their innocence, but they're also like learning more about the world. I like mm-hmm. that aspect of both characters, but I, I felt it kind of weird that he moved on from Robin so fast. Yeah, that does. That's a little weird, but at the same time, it's like it's a superhero. You know, Huey, he wasn't. He did. He didn't have proper time to cope at all. Literally, one day after she died, he, what's it called? Butcher, Butcher basically shows up and is like, "All right, you know what? Screw this. We're gonna take down the superheroes." You know, like I don't mm-hmm. think Huey was given enough time. At the same time, though, Huey has balls. That whole translucent scene where translucent's pretty much like, yeah, you're gonna let me go because like you're a bum and what's it called? You can't really do anything and you're like, you know, pathetic. Oh yeah, and then when Huey he was calling just, him out. Huey, yeah, Huey presses the button and you see fucking translucent fly all over your screen. Huey has balls. He's Dude, easily the like, deaths in this season were brutal, man. Oh my god, god. Damn. we're not even gonna um, talk about Pop Claw, man. That shit. Was oh, oh my <laughs> god, I remember I saw up. that and I was like, oh no. no <laughs> it just became his head. His head turned into a whole watermelon. <laughs> like goddamn. <laughs> no, I just like you remember their faces when they like they saw the security monitor when they're in the truck. Mm-hmm. That was literally my and face. My like, jaw just freaking dropped. I was like, no way, they just did that. <laughs> Wait, one thing I didn't understand is uh, what's up? You know how Huey, you know how Huey and Mother's Milk they go in and they install all like the cameras mm-hmm. in Pop Class place, and yeah. then they run into A Train. How the hell? Oh, <laughs> wait, what's I'm up? gonna get into another scene with A Train. But how the <laughs> hell did A Train not recognize Huey? Like, I mean, it was just to show that um, these people don't mean jack shit to these um, yeah, celebrity true. superheroes. I think that's what they were going for. I mean, it did seem like a, kind of like a plot hole, but I kind of ignored it. I didn't really see it as much. I mean, I think it was kind of BS. I would have realized it too, especially if this dude was like forcing me to make an apology. I mean, he should, shouldn't be forced to make one, but he had to go out of his way to do it. So he definitely should have recognized him, but I think that's what they were going for anyway. Can I just say that that kid with cancer scene oh was so good. <laughs> I wanted translucent. Well, you got a 
I'm dying. I want translucent. Well, maybe <laughs> you can run. Atrian- but you can run fast oh, one day. God. I can. You can make me run, outrun cancer. <laughs> <laughs> that scene was amazing. That kid was perfect. Dude, whole- <laughs> the whole thing A-Train was perfect. Is, I hate A Train with a passion. I just hate him. A Train's a in the first season. Idiot, in the first bro. season. He's, a, he's just idiot, a douchebag. Oh my mm-hmm. god! <laughs> I just I, I remember seeing that scene. Like the part that was funny to me was that the the viewer count was just dropping rapidly. <laughs> <That was so laughs> and then everyone, funny, everyone in the comments just going, "What the hell is going on?" And all that. It was just funny. <laughs> I love the incorporation of social media at the same time too. Dude, like, yeah, that's exactly how it would be. That's exactly how it would be. In oh yeah, because like I feel like the thing with social media is it's too new for people to handle it properly in entertainment. Like I feel like a lot of forms of entertainment handle it in a cringy way. That seems like kind of boomerish, but like the way they handle it on this show, like you could tell they they knew what they were doing with it. Yeah, season two really plays into that. Season we'll two, that oh, yeah, time, we'll talk about that in the next episode. Geez. Okay, wait, I'm gonna ask you like straight up right now before we get What's into up? anything else. Mm-hmm. Season one or season two? Which one was better for you? Oh man, I, I'd say season two. I would say season two too easily. Season one was good, but season two was great. Like, I feel like each season, one... each season builds up to something better. I feel like. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for season three, but yeah, I feel, I feel like season two, season one is easily one of my favorite. What's it called? Like uh, seasons of all time out of any show. I saw season two. Like they're easily like top ten out of any show I've seen. The boys is amazing. I've pretty much been advising everyone I know to start watching this show because it's so damn good. I feel like it's so slept on because it's on Amazon Prime Video. Like, you wouldn't automatically mm-hmm. think of Prime Video making originals. When you think of original mm-hmm. streaming content, you think uh, you think Netflix, Disney+, Plus, uh, maybe HBO mm-hmm. Max now. But you don't think of freaking Amazon Prime Video. But they this is a, this is a goldmine for them, man. Especially with all the, the cast. Everyone was so well acted in this show. Especially... Uh, um, especially Homelander and all them and Butcher. I'm hoping what's it called? Um, Invincibles, the new one that they just came out with, put some more people onto the boys because like this show is amazing. It really needs to get talked about more. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, um, hold on. I noticed in what's it called your least favorite character list, you put the deep. Talk about that. Ah, uh, oh man. Okay, here's the problem with We're gonna me have... and <laughs> what's up? Go ahead. Here's ahead, the problem with me and characters. Whenever I get a bad impression of a character right away, it doesn't change at all. And the first scene with Deep where he like pretty much makes uh, Starlight uh, do uh, you know that to him. When, yeah, when yeah. she when Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Um, mm-hmm. That just cemented to me that there was no way he was going to come back from this. Like, I don't re- I didn't respect him at all. I know they're going to going down a route where like he degrades women to like I guess compensate for his shame in his own body or whatever. That's what they're that's the route they were going with with that. But the thing is, I have no respect for people to do stuff like that. So I couldn't forgive the character for that. I know it's just a fictional character, but like the whole the acts that he did, like I can't forgive that honestly. And just in general, even the stuff they handled him with. We're not going to get into season two right now, but season one, it just mm-hmm. kind of seemened like out of nowhere what happened to him at the end of the season. I know they expand on it in season two, but I'm not going to get into that right now. But the way they handled it at the end of the season, he just didn't seem like he had any resolution to his character at season one, you know? There's that mm-hmm. as well. And um, again, another character I didn't like was A-Train. I didn't like him and A-Train just because they're both... They just felt so irredeemable. They just felt so slimy. I just didn't like them. 
either of them. That's the thing I love about the deep, though, is the fact that he's so damn pathetic. And that's really what makes it funny, because typically when you think of, like, people who, you know, do that kind of stuff, like, they're not people, like, they're, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but they're pretty much not what the deep is. The deep is, in every aspect of the word, he is a loser. He can't That's get true. anyone, pretty much. He, can, he can't find anyone he's, to love him for who he is. He's yeah. kicked out of the only thing he's good at. And he gets sent to fucking Ohio, man. <laughs> Imagine getting sent to Ohio. I would be depressed as hell if I was a superhero and they made me live in Ohio. I like, mean, that's the funny and, thing about his character. He's a superhero, but he's yeah. a loser at the same time. Yeah, he's a complete loser. That's why I love what they do to his character. I don't love his character at you all. You don't like... Okay, okay, okay. Crap. You know what? That's, because, that's but, fair. Yeah, I understand what like you're the, saying. The, the, the little scenes he has are hilarious. Mm, the stupid-ass yeah. dolphin one. Then you have the <laughs> lobster one. And it, those... <laughs> he's a, it's amazing. Um, but Okay, yeah. That, I, I would admit thing, that scene was funny when... When he I was think, trying to free the dolphin. And it flew out the windshield. And it just flew... <laughs> one thing I will say though, one thing I will say though about the deep yeah. is that he has the nastiest scene in all of season one for me. Oh, when she was sticking the, the fingers gills. in his gills. Oh. Oh. It's so nasty. No, I feel like what they were trying to do, they were trying to parallel that whole yeah, him being a sexual predator. It was, yeah, it was, yeah. it was um, her character basically getting revenge for what he did to Starlight. That's what, that's how I saw it pretty much. She was doing to him what what's it called? He did to Starlight because she was like now you know how it feels to have someone do that to you and that's <laughs> that's just as bad to be honest what she did to him because <laughs> she basically did the same thing but it's just oh, <laughs> the character design is so nice for all these characters but for the deep they took it a little you know uh, they took it up a notch and now let me get into oh, A-Train yeah, actually, actually real quick though I do like that oh, you ahead. brought up the character designs because they didn't make their superhero costumes themselves they had the company made it for them so they don't mm-hmm. even have their own identity, pretty much. Oh like, yeah, that whole scene with Starlight, dude. That shit was that shit was so. <laughs> I know it's I know it's degrading, but like the whole scene was just funny. How the how the these two freaking idiots who were making the costumes they actually thought they were doing something, bro. They were like, mm-hmm. they were like "This is female empowerment. This... You're showing more skin." <laughs> that was so stupid to me. It pissed yeah. me off too. I would have been pissed if mm-hmm. I was her. And then that whole scene where basically she's with the little girl and they're trying to take a picture, and then there's all the guys. Yeah. Like oh, like, I wanted to punch also, that dude. That dude was that's, a dick. That's also that's a very real life aspect too. A lot yeah, of people get harassed exactly, just yeah. because they're celebrities for mm-hmm. what they like wearing all that kind of stuff. Like it's nasty, and that's Starlight first experiencing first experiencing it too at the same time. I feel like Maeve, basically the Wonder Woman knockoff, is what's it called? Like she was Starlight at yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That exactly. That's what they did the comics too. Uh, that's one thing they did she go with is, the comics. She's like she was Starlight before Starlight. Yeah, she's like a she's like a weathered down version of Starlight. Like she's been mm-hmm. through all the shit that Starlight's been through, and that's why she's kind of like trying to. That's why she was kind of being like kind of cold to her in this first season. It's just because she wanted mm-hmm. her to like you know get used to it instead of like being pushed around. And Maeve pretty much sees that too. I think she said to Starlight at one point she was like. I am what's it called? I was who you were at one point. So don't be like me and don't what's it called? Suck it up and pretty much play by the rules. Do your own thing and bitch to the media. Like do that instead of being like what's it called? You know the team player. Yeah, and I like how they represented that too. Like they didn't, they showed they put a character that was in the middle. You know, because she's like, she's not necessarily against what's going on, but at the same time she kind of has you know those regrets, and she kind of has that you know negative experience from the industry so I, I really liked how they handled that like a I guess split between her personality 
Mm-hmm. It showed that it was pretty much like um, not all the people in the seven are that bad. I would say um like three out of the seven people in the seven aren't necessarily bad. I would say Black Noir is more of a plant than like Black bad. Noir is just he. I don't know. I feel like Black Noir is just brainwashed or something. Like he doesn't. He's just a, he's just a company man. Like he's yeah, not he's actually just like you know he's just doing his job. Like that. He's just doing his job. Yeah, yeah. If he's he, he will do what he's told. We've seen that um later on in the season pretty much when I th- actually I think that season two. I'm not gonna get into it no, now but he, because but he's, I remember he still, he still knocks the shit out of uh, Starlight. The the mom is freaking. The, I I don't like the mom in season one. Oh my god! Wait, 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 Starlight's mom, right? Yeah. Starlight's mom is in essence one of those kids. Um, she's a helicopter parents, mom, bro. Okay, she's basically like one of those parents that coach what's it called, like you know, the kids' team, mm-hmm. and they make the kid the star just to live through them. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna, play yeah, That's exactly what I was going to say. The mom lives through her daughter, and she's like. She's like, you should be grateful. I gave you these superpowers. And she, she still believed the religious connection to it. She was like, I pray, to go- I pray to God to give you these powers or something like that. Like, I just didn't like, I didn't like her, dude. And then the whole, the whole thing where she was like, oh, yeah, I let them know we were here. I asked them. That's, that's the whole reason they got captured in the first place. Wait, no, no, that's the season two, bro. Oh no! <laughs> wow, he's just dropping spoilers already. Yeah, it's season wait, wait. two. Oh my god! Okay, I forgot. Yeah, that about is season that. two. Oh it's okay. <laughs> Don't worry. It wasn't that big of a spoiler. You're fine. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, I wanted but, uh, to get. I wanted to get back into Starlight's mom. As someone who has played pretty much professional, not professional, sorry, organized sports for like pretty much like almost all of my life, mm-hmm. I have seen that kind of parent like way too often. And the, her, the scenes with her just made me uncomfortable. I think all the parents in this show are pretty much screwed up in some way. Mother's Milk basically puts his kid in danger because of the things that he does. Mm-hmm. Huey's dad is Huey's dad like, is such a such a pushover, dude. And that's where he kind of gets it from. Yeah, Huey's dad is pathetic in what they call like the whole in the real world aspect. Huey might be pathetic in terms of the boys, but for what he's actually done, he wouldn't be pathetic from a real from a real world perspective. Huey's mm-hmm. dad. He just completely gave up. It's kind of depressing to see, but yeah, he just completely gave but up. But I feel like, again, that is representative of act- what actual people do. Like, they just kind of accept the system, you know? Yeah, that's true, too. They don't try to fight. They just go, okay, well, whatever. Just be happy you're, yeah, getting, I'll just, you're getting anyway. Yeah, I'll just go with whatever's safe. I feel like that's exactly what they tried to capture with uh, Huey's dad. I feel like that's the same thing with what's it called, um... That's also something that else that, like you said, it's like in a real world perspective, and that's funny because it's still relevant to today. Like, um, like for the Black Lives Matter protests, not gonna lie, last what's it called um summer, a lot of people were like, "What's protesting gonna do? It's not gonna do anything. It's not gonna change anything. Just what's it called? Give up and accept that this is the way the world is." Mm-hmm. And every single time, there's like a big protest for that. That's how people typically yeah, are. Yeah, ex- exactly. Huey's dad, yeah, Huey's dad is how people in society were. They just accepted the superheroes. No one went. Isn't this kind of weird that there's a few people that can pretty much rule over us at any, you know, minute? Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it really highlights that power of complacency. Mm-hmm. Because being complacent like, is taking the side of the, uh, the aggressor or the oppressor, I guess. I don't know what the word is. <laughs> like, <you> know, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, um, I was going to say, I feel like um, in the future, Homelander is going to be the reason that Vought goes down. They pretty much created their own worst. Uh, they created uh-huh. their own downfall. Yeah, and then like uh, have... going, yeah, going back to season two. Didn't what's his name say that too? He's like, 
uh, the the CEO guy. You know what? We're not gonna get. Into, I keep saying we're not gonna get into because we keep avoiding the season two. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like we should have just watched season one and then done this episode because we keep talking about season <laughs> two. But that's the thing, though. Season two is so they're so, so deeply connected. So much to, to unpack. Each other, yeah. One person we haven't talked about at all today, who I think is actually my favorite character from like the boys' side, Frenchie. Frenchie? I love Frenchie. I, I mean, I like. I, I like, love Frenchie. I think he do is. I don't think he was that good until season two. When we Frenchie got one of his backstory. Like, he's hilarious, and he is probably like, I don't know, I just sympathize with Frenchie so much. He's like no, the only one out of them. Yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, okay. Okay. <laughs> one, of my, one, of my, one of my favorite scenes from season one is when he's like, when he's like talking about how he was in the elevator and he saw that girl um, mm-hmm. who like looked really good, but then she had the dirty fingernails, and he's like, that was the first person I ever killed. And I was like, God damn. Like, I was wondering where he was going with that, and I just thought it was executed so well, like how he remembered like every small detail about this per- person he killed it's like he said mm-hmm. something like um each person you kill is like a scar that you carry with you and like i thought that, that was really like very profoundly handled how they how they did that like it seemed like he actually did have remorse for it but at the same time even though he was good at it he still didn't want to you know uh go through with it so i, I did like that uh dilemma that he had also um just the scene where we first get to kimiko the girl Oh, like, she's the only crazy, one who's like, bro. <laughs> dude, she's so cool. I love Kimiko too. Like, she's a great character. But um, she's freaking awesome. Also, bro. um, yeah, I forgot where I was going. Oh yeah, yeah. So the first scene where we first see Kimiko, where she's just sitting there watching what's called that music video over and over again. <laughs> yeah. She's the only one where he's like, "All right, like we can't just leave her here, dude. Like, <laughs> like this could be another weapon that Bot is using or something like that. You know, like Frenchie's yeah. the only one out of them who like he has morals in a sense. Like, I mean. Yeah. The thing with them, the thing with Huey is that Huey won't do anything on his own. He's a pushover. Mother's mm-hmm, milk exactly. will follow Butcher. Yeah, Mother's milk will only follow Butcher pretty much because he hates Frenchie in the first season at least. <laughs> and then Butcher has no morals at all. <laughs> Butcher will do whatever it takes. <laughs> every, every time I think of that rivalry between Mother's milk and Frenchie, I think of that one line that uh, Frenchie says to him when they first see each other again. <laughs> do you remember you what he said or no? You, no, I don't remember. I don't remember. He was like, "The only thing that's going to be coming is me on your mother's titty." <laughs> <laughs> Every time he says that line, it kills me. <laughs> Dude, I just I love I love all of the dynamics between the characters. I love how close knit the boys are and all the fighting they do. It's just always funny as hell most of the time. I love how they shout on each other so casually. <laughs> like it reminds me also, of our friend group. Um, one thing that I do love is that they don't like. At, while I said Mother's Milk does b- follow Butcher, whenever Butcher does do something fucked up, they actually call him out on it. You know, they don't Dude, just blindly no, yeah, follow yeah. him. Exactly, Mother's Milk. I feel like puts everything in like he puts he puts Butcher in his place. Like, uh, yeah, I'd say both Mother's Milk and Frenchie have that moral compass, but Huey is more. Huey is has a stronger moral compass than they do. Like he's more he's willing to do more, like a uh, hold back more. But I mm-hmm. feel like. Frenchie and Huey have that assertiveness. I mean, not Frenchie and Huey. Frenchie and Mother's Milk have the assertiveness to actually stop Butcher. Because Huey's at that point where, like, he's not able to stop the Butcher. Like, you see he kind of does a bit near the end of season one, but, like, it's not that much. Huey's the type of person where he'll say, this is wrong, but he'll keep doing it. Frenchie exactly. and what's it called? Mother's Milk are the type of people where they're like, we're not going to do this because this is wrong. That's what sets them apart. Exactly. And I, I feel like it was just... The way Huey is, I, I do. That's why I do think he's one of my favorite characters, but probably not for this season. Actually, when I look back on it, just because mm-hmm. he didn't fully develop that more until like uh, season two. But yeah, mm-hmm. he's um also just 
Jack Quaid plays him so well. I don't know why, but Jack Quaid looks like a complete pushover in the show. <laughs> Jack Quaid's face—he just has that face, man. Yeah, like everyone, everyone fits their character so perfectly. Starlight like looks like a small town girl completely. Butcher looks like someone who you shouldn't mess with at all. Frenchie looks like a crackhead. <laughs> it's funny, <laughs> but it's true. Uh, Mother Smoke looks like the enforcer kind of guy. Jack Quaid is the pushover, and then Anthony Starr just looks like a psychopath. Anthony Starr terrifies me. I do not want to meet him. Alone Anthony in real Starr life, is ever. so terrifying. As home, I mean, we keep talking about Homelander, but Jesus Christ! Okay, but he is you know, the star of the show. Okay, you know we need to talk about this scene right now. I don't think we brought it up. The scene where he's gonna he's gonna let the plane go down. We didn't talk about it a lot, but like we didn't talk I about like, like the details specifically. But like that was my favorite scene from that entire season. I was gonna um, I was gonna say I really like the rationale that Homelander has though. Like it's not one of those like. Um, typical superhero movies where you know they save the plate everyone goes like woo thank mm-hmm. you you know like iron man or whoever the hell it is you know in the marvel universe or the yeah. dc universe doing stupid mm-hmm. stuff that they shouldn't be able to do homeland is like hell no if i actually do this i'm just gonna rip through the plane and they're gonna die quicker yeah dude that was really smart how they handled it because like they he like he actually used science like he understood the science of his powers because i feel like a lot of superhero movies they kind of like just bs the superpowers like they he actually mm-hmm. had a scientific understanding of like why his powers wouldn't work to save the plane and i'd like how he he played it very much like a politician again like i said like it's all about money and ensuring a safe image it doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. lives don't mean anything to these people as long as it's their own life that they're helping so like i really i really appreciated how they portrayed his character as like this person who's making careful moves for his public image like he's like you know i could try to save these people or i could just let them die and martyr themselves and then i can profit off of it by making it seem like it's the government's fault for not letting us be in the military so I could have saved them sooner. I really liked how they handled that. One thing, uh, one scene that I want to bring up now mm-hmm. from a Marvel movie, just to counter what to call it, you know, the whole plane scene with Homelander and the mm-hmm. logic is the train scene from Spider-Man 2. Now, Spider-Man 2 is a great movie, but realistically, in a real world, Spider-Man would not, he would get pummeled by that goddamn train. It was going at full speed. That's true. I mean, yeah, I, I, I could make defenses for that saying Spider-Man has super strength, but I'm not going to get into that. Yeah, but like, I feel like you keep saying I'm not going to get everything, into that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Physics, physics-wise, and everything, he shouldn't be able to do that. That's the thing with like the realisticness of the boys. There's no absurd parts with their superpowers, where you know they do something that they shouldn't really be able to do, mm-hmm. that they wouldn't be able to do if they were real-life superheroes. The boys really does not do those kind of scenes at all. And I think what's really terrifying about how Homelander handled that whole airplane sequence was like he didn't feel any remorse like he, he's so far gone that like he he just sees it as just another move for himself like i remember the part where it scared me was like when they were trying to leave and he was he just like pulled out his laser eyes and he was like he was like stay back <laughs> he's like oh you stay god. the fuck back i was like oh my and god that's terrifying the funny, the, dude. the funny part is they died because homelander i think he uh, lasered the controls and yeah, Homelander was the one that screwed it up in the first place. He destroyed he the control He is the panel. one who killed them. Yeah, he killed them. Yeah, There's you that know, one scene where... Yeah, I feel like people don't acknowledge that enough, that he was the one that started it in the first place. Mm-hmm. He's just... <laughs> he's one who... We see this, what's it called? I'm going to bring up something from Season 2. It's not really a spoiler, but what's it called? We see also from Season 2 that Homelander is an attention whore. He loves <laughs> positive attention, and he cannot handle having even a single ounce of negative attention. And it kills him. That's the one thing that really makes him unhinged. 
like what's it called getting negative press yeah because um he needs people to love him that's that's where his ego his ego is not satisfied unless people love him like i think um yeah Maeve says something like that in season two she says something like what are you gonna do if there's no one here to like worship you or something like that like i think that's exactly the kind of thing that um homeland is all about he's just so narcissistic and egotistical like he defines himself by um his public image to others Okay. You said what's it called? Um, Stillwell is pretty much like his biggest weakness, but I would argue that his biggest weakness is not is being ego? accepted by the public. Yeah, yeah. You know what? His narcissism. You know what? Yeah, that's you know what? That's true. I could see it being an even split between the two. Because well, I, I would agree with you. Yeah. I would agree with you on like Stillwell being like his biggest, um, you know, his Physical biggest weakness. weakness. But he kills Stillwell without giving a damn. Oh my! Oh, okay. <laughs> I was thinking of something from season two. Sorry, but um. Just Stillwell and Homelander have just the weirdest relationship in the world. We already talked Dude, about this. It's so but I just weird. want to talk about it again. Oh my the whole- god. <sighs> Dude, it was so gross because I remember the first time um Homelander was peeping in on her. We didn't get mm-hmm. to see what exactly he was looking at. We just thought he was staring obsessively at his at himself in the painting. So like I thought, mm-hmm. oh okay, he's egotistical. I kinda saw that coming. But then the next scene where he does this, you freaking see him spying on her when she's pumping and I'm like Bro, this feels gross, and it just also, keeps getting worse and worse. And I was like, no. <laughs> the little scenes, the little scenes where it shows him like um jealous of Stillwell's baby. Dude, I thought King that baby hilarious. was gonna die. I thought that baby was gonna die, dude. <laughs> I thought it was gonna die too at first, but then once I saw that it had compound V, I was like, oh, bro. They're wait, 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 wait. The one with the the one with the heat vision, the baby with the heat vision, that was Stillwell's baby. That's Stillwell's baby. Oh yeah. shit! Was it really? That's why. Yeah, that's why. Um, in season, this is another little spoiler. But in season two, they what's it called? Um, report that it doesn't die. It landed like twenty um, minutes away from like the explosion or something like that. The baby was Stillwell's baby. Oh, okay. I thought Homelander. I thought Homelander spared the baby. I thought that's what happened. No, 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 no. What's it called? Homelander hates the baby. <laughs> that's I why thought um, Homelander was scared. carrying him around the whole ah. time. Nah, 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 nah. No way. No, Homelander but that that, that scene was funny though Stillwell. when when. <laughs> Butcher was using it as a weapon <laughs> in the hospital. Speaking of um, Homelander um, sparing the baby, since we're kind of running out of time, I wanted to mention the last scene. I love how Homelander saves Butcher just to show him that his wife is alive. Dude, that was brutal, man. That was so underhanded. Whole, I was the, like, the ending oh of that scene. God. The ending of that scene where you see Billy on the left and Homelander and uh, Rebecca on the right with um, Homelander's son. The contrast is <laughs> it's Dude, amazing. The, the fact that they ended it there was like probably one of the most messed up cliffhangers ever like cuz when I started watching the boys uh season 2 was already like pretty much over. Like they mm-hmm. finished they finished releasing all the new episodes so I was able to see season 2 right after that. But I couldn't imagine having to wait another like year or so after that to see what happened. That's... Because I feel like there was a lot of questions going on about like what happened was Becca actually like was it actually consensual and she agreed to have the child um mm-hmm. or like why was it hidden from homelander like there was so many questions going on that weren't answered after that um that scene but i feel like it was such a perfect way to hook people in and ensure that they watch the second season if i'm gonna be honest 
there was no way that was consensual because we saw you don't think the so? recordings already. Yeah, she was. She really what's it called? She was like half dressed when she first left because of how like what's it called? Like quick, she wanted to get out, and then she sat there at the park and just stared what's it called like into dead space for like five hours. I think that's what Butcher said. There is no way that was consensual if that's what she did. You know? You don't think? So? I don't. I don't know. The thing is, it was really hard for me to read it honestly because. I wasn't sure. I feel like there wasn't enough for me to, like, you know, be convinced fully. I think... But I think that... I don't know, honestly. Like, no, I, I just... I think what's it yeah. called? I think um, it would have been a lot harder if they didn't show the scene where she's just at the park for hours not doing anything. Like, just the fact... that That's something that someone who, like, what's it called, just went through trauma would do pretty much. I and thought so it, that's where I was like, I thought no it was way just because, hell was it consensual. I thought it was just because she was scared... Of what Butcher was gonna do, or she was scared of having a baby. I thought that's what it was, but you know what? Yeah, the, when you put it in that perspective, I, I understand where you're coming from with that. I just wasn't yeah, sure myself think... personally. Mm-hmm. And it was a call. I feel like Homelander was the type to just kind of do that. I uh, I think it's like implied that he does that to. Well, it's not implied, but it's pretty much like Homelander thinks of Maeve as just his plaything, someone that what's it called? You know, was engineered to be his. You know, I feel like that's um. That's and the dude, they, they sense dated he gets. too. They dated too. I think Vought she was made probably them. forced to date him. Yeah, she was I think Vought, forced to date I him. Think, yeah, I think Vought made them date, or he mm-hmm. forced her to date him. Like that was freaking Christ. twisted too. Just thinking about it, because she's like, she's straight up lesbian, didn't they say that? No, 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 she's bisexual. I think is she bisexual? Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah she, bisexual. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was that line where they were like, "Oh, lesbian Bi-raiser. sounds better than bisexual." Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 something like that. Yeah, yeah, they said that. Never mind, never mind. Yeah, my bad. That's my mistake. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I was gonna say, uh huh. Like, um, also, like, during um those scenes, he, uh, he shows signs of manipulation. Like the sign, um, the scenes where he's like, "You're the only person I can trust. You're like my only friend in the seven. You know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff." He's those telling her all the stuff. Clear signs. Mm-hmm. No, no, those aren't those aren't stuff that she wants to hear. He's trying to what's called get her to feel like that he needs her like that, so that she feels some sort of sympathy towards him. That's a sign of manipulation right there, from what I was reading. Yeah, she was just trying. He was trying to like guilt trip her pretty much. And he's the master manipulator. He gets what he wants. We saw yeah. clearly he didn't give a damn about Stillwell. What's it called? He straight up killed her. He didn't give a damn. He what's it called? He pretty much just kind of used her to get what he wanted, and that was also superheroes in the military too. Yeah, and like again, I found it hilarious that he was the um he was like the quote unquote celebrity spokesperson at that uh, that church that church expo too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had to bring it back to the church thing because like, I just found that hilarious. Like it, it totally. Uh, lines up with that whole um i guess image of you know him people looking up to him as like a almost like a godly figure mm-hmm. and like the thing is they don't know the real homelander you know i found it mm-hmm. i found it crazy how like that one scene where he walks into the tent and he's like smiling and laughing and um, when he's greeting people but then he walks in like his face just his smile just drops completely and he's like go get me go get me um what's your face god what <sighs> i forgot the chick's name the red-eyed chick um, Redhead, uh, I can't remember either. <laughs> but um, I know what you're yeah. talking about. He's like, he's like, he's like, put her on the line. He says, I'm like, that. Like, I just found it crazy how he's able to switch his thing on and off. Like, he was very charismatic, but he could just turn it off easily. There was another scene that I was going to talk about with Homelander. I can't remember now. Um, what scene was it? To... Well, it's something about him manipulating someone. I really cannot. This is There's why so you many need to take notes down, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Avi, what's it called? Coming in here and winging it half the time. That's why you hear me say um all the time. <laughs> but um, see, I just did it again. Anyway, ah. I was just gonna say like Homelander. He is the master. Of, oh, oh, now I remember what I was gonna say. What Basically, I feel like, like 
as bad as what the deep did is, like, him getting banished for that while Homelander literally took down a whole plane and killed, I think it was like a mayor? I think that was the mayor of Detroit or Baltimore, wherever it was. Like, mm-hmm. he took down two planes and everything. He didn't get anything for that. At the yeah. same time, Homelander's like, great, while the deep is a complete loser. So it makes sense. But, like, he didn't even get, Exactly. Like, and, you know, I think, again, it goes back to the whole idea of um, Money Speaks. Like, think about the Justice League. Think about, would you rather see an Aquaman movie or a Superman movie? <laughs> it's, it's pretty much like that. It's, it's pretty much like that. The but, deep but, but is not very not marketable. That, that, that's not fair to Aquaman, man. Aquaman's cool. I mean, Aquaman's the deep is cool. just a straight I feel up like that's loser. Them playing into those, I think that's them playing into those, you know, stereotypes about the Justice League. Because you can tell everyone in this team is pretty much a parallel to Justice League. Uh, Homelander, Superman, yeah, Black Noir's Batman, uh, Lampladder was Green Lantern. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Translucent, Translucent would kind of be like Martian Man. No, Atrium. Yeah, translucent. Mm, I would. That's a little let's go out there. Also, translucent. He doesn't get enough to go like time in the show, you know, because he's only there for like. I like translucent actually, dude. And the whole uh, the whole aspect of him having a kid too. I feel like that could have been cool to explore it a bit more. They did. They they talk about it a little bit later on. I remember because what's it called? That's what makes Huey feel guilt trip. But also, if we're gonna talk about the deep being like a sexual harasser, translucent was literally naked in the girl's <laughs> bathroom just so, or like yeah, yeah naked. And um, like you know, um, invisible in the girls' bathroom just so that he could see what was going on. And I just love, I love that. how Maven knew he was there too. She's like translucent, you're a goddamn pervert. Like she just wait, how does she know? I don't know. Like, can she just sense his sense him there, or like hear him breathing or something? Like, just for I have no idea. It just goes to show like I, how much he does this kind of shit. I feel like Maeve is a lot more powerful than they show her in the first season. Like she is. If she is like the what's it called um like you the said Wonder the bootleg Woman. Wonder Woman yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman. <laughs> then she has to be a lot more powerful than they show like in the first season I will say that Maeve is kind of regarded as also pathetic in the sense that Huey is she's also a very easy pushover at times she I will mean, do whatever they tell her I don't her think do. the word is necessarily pathetic I think it's more like just giving up like not not, not like. Not pathetic in the sense that she's a loser, pathetic in the sense that she has these powers yet she still listens to them. Apathetic. Apathetic. I think it's apathetic. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember how to say I don't it. Know. Um, mm. But yeah, that's what that's what I get from her. She seems very apathetic. I mean, what are even her superpowers? She just does she have does she just have super strength and that's it? And she can fly? Oh no, she can't even fly. <laughs> yes, yeah, she can't fly. Can Wonder Woman fly? I feel like she can, right? No, Wonder no, Woman can, can fly. Wonder I don't know why they made it so hard for her to fly in the movies, but. Yeah, I can't um, remember if Wonder Woman can fly. Wonder Woman, Wonder Maeve, Woman can fly in the comics. Yeah, wait, what superpowers does Maeve have? She, I think it's just super strength at that point. Maybe, maybe she's super fast strength, too. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I yeah, maybe she has. I feel like everyone has enhanced speed to some degree. Not as drastic as like A Train, but I feel like everyone has like super fast perception too. Yeah, I feel like it's I would just say base so. Kit for um, I feel like I feel like Maeve is also a lot smarter than like the rest of the people in the Seven. It's like she is the brains of the group. Black Noir doesn't talk. The Deep is clearly an idiot. A-Train has <laughs> just hopped off of drugs the whole time. Homelander is smart, but Homelander is also very easy to, what's it called, um, he'll let his emotions get the best of him, which is kind of funny because he's emotionless around everyone else, but when he gets mad, like, he'll let that completely overtake him. Maeve is the one who's, like, the thinker of the group, I would say. I think so, too, but she doesn't put it to any good use because she's so used to agreeing with everyone else and just upholding her own image. It's funny because, like, you know, um, in Justice League, Wonder Woman is pretty much... I would say Wonder Woman's kind of like the number two in Justice League. What would you say? Uh, who's, who's number one? 
Well, Superman, obviously. I'll say Superman is. Oh, you mean in terms Justice of power level or like. Like, like, like for leading the Justice League, I would say. I feel like Batman's the leader of the Justice League. That's all he's got. All right, fine. We'll put, we'll put, how about, how about we say like all three of them are kind of equal in their own. Yeah, aspects. yeah, yeah. They're the, they're like yeah. the Trinity. They're the leading. And then in this one, you know, Black Noir, who's pretty much Black Batman, he can't talk. And then Wonder Woman, who is Maeve, is not the Wonder Woman that we see, you know, obviously she's, in DC. She's she lost has all of her no confidence. Yeah. Wonder Woman is the essence of co- like confidence. Maeve has no confidence at all. And I feel like that's what what's called leaves um, Homelander to do what he wants. And I feel like if that's the way that it was in DC, where, you know, Batman just follows blindly and the Wonder Woman, like, you know, has no power over Superman at all, we would also see like a version of a corrupted Superman in the same sense. You think so that like no one has put him in his place? That that's no that's one puts reason. Homelander in his place. You yeah. know what? Yeah. There we. That's another thing we're going to have to talk about in season two. Then season two because that's oh, <laughs> that's a very man. big plot point. Right I there. Talk but at the same time, at the same time, oh my god! One thing that I saw, one thing that I was thinking was that the only reason Homelander is not Superman is that Homelander didn't have what's it called a Martha or what's what's called Superman's dad's name. Jonathan. Again? Yeah, you know what? That's Jonathan. a good point. That's a good point. They. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what the doctor told him. He's like. You should have been warmed by like you should have been raised like a warm loving family and not raised in like a cold cold lab or something like that. Lab facility, yeah. That yeah, would, exactly. That's pretty much like, them apart. Mm-hmm. Cause again, and I feel like that speaks to corporate corporatism in general. Like there's no heart to this kind of shit. Like they just manufacture it. I think that's and another add, good point. To add to that, I feel like that kind of what's called adds into my point of saying um that Vought pretty much created their own worst nightmare because of how they handled Homelander's upbringing. Yeah, it's their fault. Even the doctor expressed regrets. He's like, you're my biggest failure. He said that to him. It's, <laughs> it's kind of, like, interesting to see. I, I hope, like, at one point they kind of show, like, a parallel universe for, like, what would happen if Homelander was actually, like, you know, brought up the correct way to see how like, different it would be. It would be an interesting little plot point or, like, a little side thing to show, like, in one of the episodes. But I'm not really counting on that because this whole show is centered around Homelander being an egomaniacal prick. I feel like the way the show is ramping up, Homelander is eventually going to try to like commit genocide. I feel like by the end of the series, he's oh going to try to kill a ton of people. I know he's going to do it. I feel like he's going to try to at the very least. I mean, what's to say he already has it in another country? Exactly, like the way he was destroying. What country did he go to? In it the was like it was, it was like it was like some random Middle Eastern country. Yeah, it was a Middle Eastern country. They didn't. I don't think they specified, but like mm-hmm. he straight up wrecked that entire freaking warehouse Village. full of dudes. And it yeah. was just so brutal was, how he did it. Like, he literally, like, I remember at one point, he literally just turned around and zapped some dude and killed him, like, and then just turned back because he was talking to a soldier. <laughs> he is... <laughs> I'm just going to, what's it called? I'm going to end the Homelander discussion because we have pretty much had, like, 40 minutes <laughs> of just talking about how great I Homelander feel like it's is. all of... It's just... This podcast is just us praising Anthony Stark. Gushing over Homelander. Homelander because so he's so well. good. He is so freaking amazing. I don't know how he hasn't won, an, like, a, like, a major award for this role, dude. Like... He deserves dude. one easily because this is one of the best superhero roles I have ever seen. Oh, most definitely, dude. And the way he does, like, the small little text he has in his face... The way he can like change his mood instantaneously, like there's just so mm-hmm. many nuances to like how he portrays Homelander that just really makes sells a character to me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say what's it called. We're running out of time for this episode, so we're gonna cap this off by what's it called doing the same thing we do for every single season of every single show we watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you already know what it is. Rate, Rate this. What's it called? Yep. Okay. Rate I'm gonna be honest with you. 
Um, from this point forward, every time I give a rating, I don't want anyone to take it like super seriously just because I feel like my ratings change according to <laughs> how excited I am for something, depending on like whether mm-hmm. or not I've seen it recently. I haven't seen The Boys recently. I would say hmm, season one is probably going to be an 8 out of 10 for me. Like 8 out of 10? Wow. You think so? That's uh, interesting. Actually, you know what? Interesting. Maybe, I, just because season two by comparison is just much better to me. I think it might be eight point mm-hmm. five at the highest, but the way the way it was is it just left me wanting more. You know, I feel like it built up towards a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't really know because the thing is with the boys. I think the problem with me with how I would rate it is just I'm comparing it to other stuff that I like more, and I feel like that's mm-hmm. not fair to it. That's why I'm saying the rating thing just doesn't work for this for me. But I do think it's overall like a really good like quality show. I feel like more people need to see it than than we have already than who have already seen it because it does speak volumes about like how we ours like a like our economy is just how corporate America is in general how commercialized we are and how reliant we are on our idols and stuff I feel like that's a huge theme that's being explored there the whole questioning of our religious authority I feel like that's another thing you need to consider I mean I'm not trying to go out here telling you hey become agnostic or whatever but like um <laughs> yeah. but like what i'm saying is i feel like a lot of people blindly follow these 